What's going on, everybody? It's Manny Garavito going live once again to say, what's up? How are you, Miami? Happy uh, Wednesday. Enzo, Marty, Lewis, Lopez, Connor PN. What's up? Thanks for joining me. Welcome. How are you, everybody? Uh, I hope you guys are having a great Wednesday so far because I have been feeling great recently. And I'll tell you why. In case you don't know, I'm experimenting with my body this year. Get this. In January, I started drinking all the way up until the end of March. Now that it's April 1st, I stopped drinking for a little while, for 90 days. And I went vegan again. Remember last, last year? Remember when I went vegan last year and I was all obnoxious about it? I was here sharing recipes and shit. I was talking about how much better I am than you. Because <laughs> I'm not eating animal products. Why are you better than me, Manny? Because I ain't eating animals. They're out there surviving because of me. But come July, I'm eating animals all over again. It's going to be a fucking slaughterhouse. <laughs> Remember I was eating Wagyu in Chicago? I was eating chicken curry from Costco. I was fucking living life. And now in April... Uh, I had a rice cake, I had almond butter, and apple slices. What the fuck is that? <laughs> and I'm going to tell you guys the truth, man. Experiment. Be a vegan for one day and just see how your life turns upside down in less than 24 hours. I'm telling you, it's incredible. It's incredible to see how you dying of starvation allows you to live your best life. It, you know what it is? You know when you're on your last breath like you're you're on the, your deathbed and people say that they have uh visions of how they wish they would have lived their life i think that's what happens when you go vegan when you start eating like a little bit and very healthy your body thinks it's gonna die so it starts living life a lot better like oh it's gonna be my last day i better enjoy myself <laughs> hey woodhouse what's up man thank you so much woodhouse for the badge well, by the way, if anybody out there wants to support this new vegan diet, uh, go ahead and, and pitch in on the badges, all right? I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy 89 cents worth of fruit, and that's going to be my, my lunch tomorrow. Oh, man, yeah, man. Today, lunch was two rice cakes, almond butter, and apple slices. I was almost laughing at myself while I was slicing the apple. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I almost like play uh, pranks on myself eat, uh, cutting up fruit. I'm just laughing, cracking up in the kitchen. Like, <laughs> I'm eating an apple. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I'm eating an apple for lunch. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's get down to it, guys. I want to talk about yesterday. Yesterday was an amazing podcast episode. For those that missed it, great conversation. Go back to the archives, MiamiComedy.com slash podcast. Listen to yesterday's episode on how to read people. Oh, what a great chat. So I figured I'd double down and bring up another conversational topic. Let's talk about Miami housing. How are you living, guys? Put it on the chat. Are you in a leased home? Are you a property owner? Do you have a mortgage? Are you homeless, but you, you can afford uh, uh, 5G? Uh, let me know. Put it on the chat. How are you living in Miami? I posted a meme today about how all the people from all the cities that are on lockdown have moved to Miami recently. And let me attest to that because I live in a city where the comedy scene used to be non-existent, all right? I brought up Miami comedy to a certain level, not to brag, but then now that the pandemic is like coming to a close, or at least we hope, 
everybody is now coming to our city to perform comedy, right? And I've realized that now, even though Miami is already fucking saturated with the housing, right? The prices and the homes in Miami, whether you're renting or buying, they're just fucking skyrocketing. It's almost like, it's almost like uh, Ocean Drive, the same thing that Ocean Drive does to restaurant prices. Like when you buy calamari, it ends up being $80 for some reason, is the same way when you buy a one-one bedroom, you think you're going to spend $1,200, but it ends up being $2,800. <laughs> hey, wait a second. This is a one-one bedroom. Uh, you got HOA fees, you've got taxes, and then you've got uh, mystery f- uh, fees on the area that you live in. Next thing you know, they start gouging up the prices for all the places here in Miami, and people are still moving in here. How? What's your secret, Miami? How can you be so overpopulated and yet so expensive? It's almost like a magic trick. Miami is overpopulated and expensive. How? I know damn well 60% or more of people living in this city are living check to check, and yet you still can afford these prices. What's, what is it? Oh, it, it, are, are you living with, are you living with other people on a one-one bedroom? That's like a prison. If you're living with somebody else in a one-one, how? You know who does that? The ladies. The ladies do it. Have you ever hung out with, with a girl that has like 18 roommates, but it's a two, it's a two, a two bedroom, one bathroom? <laughs> you got, you guys must have gone on a date with somebody that lives like this. You know what I'm talking about when you got a whole bunch of roommates and then you walk in, it's like, how the fuck are you? It's almost like the clowns inside that little compact car in the circus. You know, it's like, how the fuck did you fit so many clowns in there? How the fuck did you fit so many uh, roommates in a one, one? <laughs> and there's never food in the fridge. Pantry is empty, but there's plenty of fucking shoes and clothes in the closet. <laughs> You got to share one closet with five roomies. How? You got to give them props, man. That's just how they are. Uh, OME, welcome. Jonah, Mocha, Nephlin, Kirsten, Tony. All right, man, we got a good show. To- hey, how are you guys living, man? Put it on the chat. How are you guys living in Miami? Is it a rental? Are you a homeowner? Do you have roommates? Are you, more- are you all mortgaged up for the-, for the remainder of your life? Some people have a mortgage that are 30 years long. That's like one third of your life. To pay off one house, especially in Miami, imagine within those 30 years, the place gets flooded. It's like, oh, my God, I placed my bets in sunny Miami, and now it's flooded. I'm only two years in on this mortgage. I got 28 more years. Well, you're going to be part of the Atlanta. I mean, the Atlantis. Once the city becomes underwater, you got to figure it out. Now you got to buy insulation for all the water that's coming in. Right, you gotta buy the glass that doesn't allow the water to go in through the frames or whatever. I'm telling you, man, investing in Miami is a little risky. But then again, everybody loves risk in Miami, right? We're going out, we're, <laughs> we're, go, we're having sex with very uh, promiscuous people, right? We're doing drugs off toilet, <laughs> toilet seats. <laughs> Miami are just naturally risky people. It's just how we are. <laughs> Princess USA, welcome. Oh, oh, Lopez, Lopezna says efficiencies. Oh, is that it? What's up, Lewiston? Miami is a sugar baby escort of cities. Everybody welcome, but you got to pay a lot. <laughs> and not just, and you don't only have to pay monetarily. You also have to pay with humiliation. <laughs> I want to live big. But then again, I have to give up. I have to be a little humiliated in order to live this way. 
by going to inefficiency. Um, and they get a pet. <laughs> and they get a pet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Woodhouse has it right. Eight people in one efficiency, and then they have a pet. Hey, let's bring in a dog in here. Um, homeless, but I can afford croquetas. Exactly. That's probably how Miami lived. Uh, Enzo says that's exactly what you got to do. Then move up to something else. That's the point. Risk for a gamble of a reward. But what is the reward in Miami? Is that because we're wide open till 12 o'clock? Well, actually, next week, curfew gets lifted. Yeah, and it's a pit bull. Exactly. Next week, curfew gets lifted. So we're back. We're back to 2019, Miami. Congratulations. We made it. And Miami will not change one bit, I don't think. What, what changes did Miami go through during the pandemic? Now that the curfew is about to be lifted, what changes has Miami gone through? Nothing much, really. I think I've heard of a lot of people that have been throwing parties in their private residences, in warehouses. And it's almost as if all we did was we just pretended to follow curfew, but we were just back to regular living, but in a different place. Now that the curfew is about to be lifted, it's like we're going right back to the way it was. We didn't get a fucking train to go from the east to the west. Housing is still the same, right? Luis, Luis Tin Lopez. Nothing has changed in Miami. I thought Miami, once Miami got on the other side of the pandemic, I thought we were going to be living in the future. I thought Elon Musk was going to have those tunnels underground. Remember when Elon Musk said that? I want to, I want to declutter the Miami streets by building a tunnel underneath the city of Brickell. I'm like, first of all, within the first week, that tunnel is going to be used for trafficking drugs. The same way we find bricks in Miami Beach, we're going to be finding bricks on the underground uh, causeway. <laughs> There's going to be so many busts. You think you're going to declutter Miami with an underground expressway? It's going to be clogged up by police cracking down on all the drug deals happening down there. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think there's some truth to that. I think if there was an underground expressway in Miami, you're just going to be locked down every single day. Oh, well, we, we made another drug bust here in, uh, in the uh, Elon Expressway. Hold on, we got a Facebook comment. You are on point, bro. Thank you, Facebook. I can't see the username. It just says Facebook user, but thank you. I love being on point as a comedian because I'm just making fun of stuff, but every once in a while, all the shit talking I do will eventually touch on something that might be real. Facts. There you go. That one's good too. Facts. Um, let's see. Spring break was X10 this year. Yeah, it's only going to get worse. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys, I have a meme in my head that I've already having like plans on making. I'm going to give you guys some insider creativity here in the comedy game. Uh, so somebody in the comments today on the meme said, hey, we're going to go back on into curfew once it's Memorial Day weekend. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a meme. I'm going to do like a, I'm going to get a photo of my face and I'm going to crop it onto the body of Marty McFly on the Back to the Future. You know, when he's like walking out of the DeLorean and he's looking at his watch like that, I'm going to crop my face into the body of that. And it's going to say back to the curfew. <laughs> and I'm going to make it an NFT. I'm going to go out into the crypto world and I'm making an NFT because I know somebody out there is going to steal my idea. So you got to fucking timestamp that shit. Uh, Jonah N says there is the Miami port tunnel. And guess what? It was closed last night. Gee, I wonder why. I'm telling you guys, Miami, Miami is like a really fucked up place to live in. 
but we love it. We can't change it, right? Look, I'm, I'll be honest with you guys. I live in a garage, all right? But it's deliberate. And I have no shame because I don't know who the fuck told people that they have to move out at the age of 18. I didn't move out, for the record. I lived in Miami Beach for about five years, four to five, four and a half. I was in Miami Beach when I had my banking career. I was living there. I had a bachelor pad. I was paying like $2,400 a month. I was thinking I was the shit, right? I'm walking around with a robe on. Nobody could come over because the fucking parking sucked. I remember that I, I, like, I would have girls uh, like almost coming over, right? I'd be like, hey, yeah, come over to my bachelor pad. Where do you live? I live on West Ave. All right, yeah, sure, I'll swing by, right? And then they pull up looking for, looking for parking for a fucking hour. And it's like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go home. I really don't think that... Uh, I don't really don't think that we're going to be able to hang out. I can't find parking anywhere. So next time on the, oh, man, she left. And then you're on the balcony waving at her like, all right, bye. Hopefully next time. Miami Beach living is such a cock block when you're a bachelor, right? Now I'm looking at places like if I were to move out, right, and get into a better place. Yeah, and Uber didn't exist back then. Exactly, Woodhouse. I hate when I tell that story and somebody's like, oh, there's Uber. It's like, yeah, this was back in 2012. All right. <laughs> was Uber around in 2012? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, so I'm thinking about moving to Wynwood. But the thing is, Wynwood isn't fully gentrified yet. And I made a joke about this and I did get in trouble, but I'm still going to fucking say it because Wynwood not being fully gentrified, your, your life is in danger on a daily basis. And not necessarily for the sake of somebody robbing you or stabbing you or whatever, in the sake that you are so uh, surrounded by crack, like there's crack, you know, happening in that area that you could easily just one day have a beautiful day and you're like, fuck, what a wonderful day. It's my day off. I wonder what this crack thing is all about. <laughs> fuck it, I got $10. Yeah, I'll go around the corner and buy a crack rock. Let's see what this is all about. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, let me get a crack rock. Let me try, let me see what you guys are, you know, what's the hype all about? <laughs> Yeah, I'm a wealthy man living up there in the, uh, in the building, so I just want to smoke some crack and just enjoy my day. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're doing open house on your brand new renovated apartment, selling everything to buy more crack, and then that's it. Your life is over just because you were curious one day. Uh, no, Uber wasn't around in 2012. There you go. Thank you for proving that. Um, yeah, I don't know how rich people have the audacity to move into a place that's not gentrified. How do you have the audacity to do that, man? Like, why would you put yourself in that situation? Like, how awkward would it be, right? There's broken down cars. There's sirens in the background, right? You've got graffiti that's not even appealing. It looks like, you know, gang member graffiti and shit. And then you're just like, uh, yeah, uh, bring in the U-Haul a little bit closer. Right there, right there. Go ahead and open it so that everybody can see all the shit I'm about to put into my brand new apartment. <laughs> and you're bringing out antique fucking furniture and uh, I don't know, flat screen TVs, artisan cheeses and shit. You got cheese wheels, right? Because you're, you're fancy. And this is a crackhead just across the street looking at you like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to rob this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. Can't be curious, George, in Miami. Well said, Jonah. That's right. Uh, Curse and Blessing says, 
Um, Miami is a jungle. Steve Urban would have a blast observing people in Miami. Princess USA says, facts, I've been a victim. Were you targeting? Where do you live by? Are you in a gentrified area? Uh, move to Kendall, but learn Spanish. Kendall probably has the worst traffic out of all the areas in Miami. Because Kendall is always like the last resort where everybody wants to live. It's like Kendall is affordable. And it's not that far from the beach. It's not that far from Brickell. Right? And worst case scenario, you could just go down into Homestead to get farmer house prices. <laughs> Living in Kendall is like one step above going down to fucking Homestead in, in the jungle of Miami. <laughs> you know what? Homestead is kind of like the countryside of Miami. Is Homestead considered Miami? It is, right? People throw riding horses back there. I remember one time, man, I was driving through uh, Homestead to get to some farmer's market. I saw people riding horses in, in the expressway. <laughs> There's people like, uh, you know, tending the crops with horses and shit. Uh, happened in Hollandale Beach. I love it. <laughs> uh, it's in Florida, period. You said George wrong. Oh, you mean Jorge? Uh, yeah, Kendall... Kendall is just one of those places that it's right in the, it's right there between uh, all the good shit in Miami and all the things that aren't happening in Miami. <laughs> Kendall is like right there in the middle, right? It's the media, it's the medium. You got all the party, you got all the restaurants, all the high end shit, and then you've got nothing but fucking uh, plants and horses underneath. As I say, you get to choose between the two. People ride horses in Kendall and Hialeah. Wow, I've never seen anybody in, on horses in Hialeah. Holy shit, there's horse riders in Hialeah? Where do the horses stay? There's a horse country in, in Hialeah. Do they park them in the garage? Well, I mean, fuck it. If Cuban people have fucking, uh, I don't know, bookshelves full of pigeons, they might as well have a horse in there too, right? Have you ever been to one of your Cubans friend's house and then you go in the backyard and like their uncle is like collecting pigeons? Have you guys seen this? Have you ever been to somebody's house and they've got like pigeons in the back? And it's like, what do you do? Que tu hace con todos estos uh, pájaros? Apparently they race them. <laughs> You know what, dude? I almost forgot about the pigeon business that happens in Hialeah. They keep their horses in their efficiency. <laughs> oh, you guys are on a roll tonight, man. <laughs> are they drug trafficking pigeons? No, I don't think so, man. I never... How the fuck... How the fuck do, first of all, how the fuck do carrier pigeons work? Like, how did people put a little note inside of a pigeon and just fucking, the pigeon knows where to go and where you are and shit? How? <laughs> it's like a pigeon. A pigeon looking at a map and looking to see if it's in the right track. It's like, I, I think he's by the Sedanos. <laughs> you see? <laughs> Let's see. Um, uh, Cuban pigeon collection. Let's see what the pigeons are for. All right, wait, before we get here, let's get to the reads, everybody. Hold on, hold on. We got to read the sponsors. Ellie Venus is a health insurance agent and a subject matter expert in the world of health insurance. So use him as a resource. If you have questions, he has answers. 
The people he helps the most are those who do not have health insurance because they believe it to be unaffordable. And those who do have health insurance and are complaining about how much it costs. He can also help anyone anywhere with anything regarding their health insurance. So call him today, 305-335-3944. Email is L-U-V-N-A-S, E-L-I-U dot V-I-N-A-S at ushadvisors.com. All right, here we go. You Google Cuban pigeon and it's right there. It's the first hit. Uh, Cuban pigeon is, uh, there are around 12 species of doves and pigeons found in Cuba. Oh, shit. Uh, doves and pigeons have small heads, plump bodies, <laughs> short necks, and small bills with soft flesh covering at the base. Yeah, they, they, Cuban pigeons are built like Cuban folks. <laughs> you know, they eat a lot of uh, tostada in the morning, right? A lot of carbs early in the a.m. Um, <laughs> the pigeons have small heads, plump bodies, short necks, and small bills. Whoa. <laughs> Dude, we're having so much fun today. This is awesome. Um, they have a ring of skin around their eyes that can be red, yellow, blue, or white. Red, yellow, blue, or white. Well, red, blue, and white. Those, that's the Cuban colors right there. He's also Cuban. <laughs> a guy in my job enters his birds uh, to compete in pigeon races. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's what they do. I think that's why they have those collections of pigeons in the back. Winner gets a panco tortilla. <laughs> yeah, I think... Bro, hold on. Let's go ahead and talk about the health of, of Cuban folks. Yo, shout out to all my Cuban friends out there here living in Miami. But let me tell you guys something, man. You guys eat a lot of carbs. How the fuck? That's why, that's why your lifespan doesn't go that far out there, man. You guys eat too. You ever been to a, a Cuban cafe? Have you seen like the treats? They, it's nothing but straight up carbs. Coco frito, tostada. Um, I don't know. They got other renditions like, uh, like flan. Uh, it's just bread on sugar on bread and sugar refined straight up carbs. Croquetas, right? Full of carbs, some protein in there too. Um, I thought my neighbors were just crazy. Can't believe more Cubans do this. No, this is actually a thing because when I used to go to my friends more than one, I've been to many, uh, Cuban households that have this, um, where they call, where they have a lot of pigeons in the back, and it almost seems like they're like they're, it, there's so many pigeons, it seems like it's illegal. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here, man? You guys selling these? You guys are smuggling them? Are the do these do these pigeons have papers? <laughs> are they from Cuba? Um, imagine ice cracking down on these pigeons. Yeah, these are one of the twelve species of the Cuban pigeon population. We have to crack down on this guy's house. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Cuban pigeon racing. Here it is. Here it is. Vibrant photos of Cuban pigeon racing. Oh, this is on Vice magazine. Uh, greatest Cuban invention is pizza pastelitos. I need a seat at the pigeon race ASAP. Yeah, it's only going to last 30 seconds. They're just going to open the fucking cage. <laughs> Pigeons just flying everywhere. And that's it. The show's over. Okay, yeah, se acabó. Todo mundo para casa. Um, vibrant photos of Cuban. Nearly two years ago, I met a man named Erislandi. <laughs> a Cuban pigeon racer who's known throughout Old Havana for dyeing his birds fluorescent colors. 
for Eddie Slandy and others in the country, racing and breeding pigeons can be a good way to make money. Once your bird starts winning races, for example, you can sell the champion's offspring to the other racers. Oh, so it's like horse racing, but with pigeons. Um, plus, they're more identifiable this way, more luxurious, more eye-catching. He competes all year round. He participates in the Picadero, which features 20 to 30 male pigeons pecking at one female pigeon to get her to mate. Kind of sounds like uh, us Latinos at a nightclub. Like, like, I'm one of the 30 men pecking at a woman at El Patio. You know what I'm saying? Especially now that curfew is being lifted. <laughs> Oh, shit. He partakes he partic- in the Picadero, which features 20 to 30 male pigeons picking at one female pigeon to get her to mate. Yo, what up, ma? Can I buy you a drink? No, I don't know. I don't know anything about reggaeton. I just, I do a podcast. What's a podcast? This ain't going to work out. Um, <laughs> and he competes in many of the 24 races hosted by the Federación Colombofila de Cuba an organization that brings together more than 300 pigeon races throughout the capital and beyond. Of course, he's shirtless. Um, let's see. Winner of the pigeon race wins one month paid rent. <laughs> but only if, you own it, uh, only if it's an efficiency, because that's the only kind of rent that can be afforded. Uh, I'm not full Miami and then. I, need to, I have need to experience these so-called pigeon races. <laughs> can you believe... Ladies, if you went to somebody's house in Miami, right? He was charming. He bought you and your girlfriend's drinks. He treats you nice. He, he holds the door open for you. But then when you go over to his house and to, you know, get a little more intimate, and then there's just nothing but pigeons laid out all across the fucking place. What would you think, man? Would you still do it? What's up, BB Rooksy? We're here talking about uh, Miami housing and those that hold the pigeons in it. <laughs> Oh, shit. Um, I was lucky enough to witness one of the races. People place their messenger pigeons all across Cuba at different destination points and then release them at the same time. Whichever bird returns home with the greatest distance and time is declared the winner. But how do you know the distance? Oh, it's because, like, they have two homes. So, oh, wait, I get it. So, all right, so I think this is how it works. I think uh, they have, pigeons have a home. And then what they do is they take them away from their home, right? And then they release them to see which one would go back to the home the fastest. Oh, that's why. No wonder you, you, gotta, you, you have so many pigeons. It's because you got to race them all. It's like, all right, everybody that's ready for the race, give me your, your winning pigeon. Give me your winning pigeon, right? And then you, everybody, like, pitches in on a pigeon. Whoever is hosting the race brings them home makes it a home, and then it's like, all right, we've been here for three weeks. Ready? I'm going to go drive five miles that way, and let's see how long it takes for them to go back home. Hell, I'll probably cheat. I'll switch it. You know what I mean? I'll switch the pigeons up. Uh, This isn't my bird. This is your fucking bird. This is your fucking bird. Don't lie to me. (laughs) Um, All right. It's quite remarkable watching these pigeons. They're still, unnecess- they're still uncertainty about how these creatures are even able to find their way back. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew these pigeons. Well, it's, it's because they're Cuban. I've never seen a Cuban ask for directions, man. Cubans, when you ask them for directions, they know exactly what, where everything is, every little detail in the map. They don't need GPS. Cubans using GPS. That's why GPS, they never have a voice of a Cuban person. 
haga una quiebra, because that it's it's non-existent in a Cuban's reality to get directions from anything other than the details they remember. ¿Dónde tú quieres ir? A la cuarta calle. Okay, vas a ir hasta allá. Okay, y sigues yendo. Y cuando tuve tres mangos encima de una casa, porque se cayeron, yo no sé por qué no lo, no lo quitaron ahí. Cuando usted ve esos tres mangos, haga una izquierda. <laughs> right, they know all the... Uh, Cuban people add chisme to the directions. <laughs> cuando, usted ve, cuando usted ve una casa ahí, eh, todo uh, sucio, ese ahí donde vive Eris Lady, uh, ella no quiere limpiar nada, so esa, esa casa está sucia. Cuando usted lo ve, tú, tú vas a ver que esa es la casa. <laughs> y después vas a ver un camión, uh, está ahí parqueado al lado, todo roto, no lo ha no arreglado, tengo que hacerlo este fin de semana. <laughs> oh, shit. So, Marjorie. Uh, Jeff Wynn, what's up? Carson Blessing says, my favorite hobby is riding horseback with my rooster on the way to the pigeon race behind my neighbor's efficiency. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, that's actually a good one. Let me write that. That's actually a really good joke. I almost, I almost didn't catch that one, guys. Um, Cuban people are so good with directions. They add chisme. That's really good, actually. That's a really good observation. No vaya por allá, porque por allá hay cantidad de carros. Siempre hay tráfico por ahí. Yo casi me peleé ahí un día. So no vaya por allá, vaya al otro lado. Cuando usted llegue a la tercera calle, para por ahí donde dice Maris Lady. Ella tiene una croqueta deliciosa. Coja una croqueta y cuando usted entre en su carro de nuevo, va a ver la cuarta calle de frente. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I didn't know my Cuban accent was on point like that. Uh, you know why? It's because I never practiced it. And then now that I'm doing it, it's like, oh, shit, I'm pretty good at it. Um, no, you know what it is? My, my, my trainers, my trainers are, are, are Cuban and like, they, they're always talking while I'm working out, right? Like I'm there fucking, yeah, yeah. they're busting my ass. Right. And, and in order for me to focus on, uh, not to focus on the pain of me working out, I, I listen to them talking amongst themselves <laughs> and I pick up on their, on their accent and, and cheese, man. Oye, ¿tú, ¿tú viste ese culo para allá? Yo. Yo soy undercover hoy. <laughs> And I'm there just fucking laughing, fucking lifting weights. Like, <laughs> that's good. That's real good. All right. Uh, no, Peaky Pony. I am Frank the Tank. What's up, man? Super sexy teddy bear. What's going on? Colin Sachs. Welcome. Along with watching the race, I spent a whole week with Eddie Slandy uh, learning about his breeding and his life as a racer. Wow, he really does paint these birds. They look beautiful, though. Kind of animal abuse-ish, but all right, whatever. They're in cages, too. Yeah, this is a really tough article to look at. Uh, these poor birds, they look, like they're, uh, they look like they're made out of wood on how painted they are. All right, more power to them. Fuck it. There you go, guys. That is today's episode. 
of the uh, Miami Comedy Podcast. If you know somebody that has pigeons in their house, set those pigeons free. They'll probably go back. <laughs> They'll probably go back to their cages. <laughs> oh my God, there's so many pigeons in here. We got to let them go. This is animal abuse. <sighs> All the pigeons just go out, do a U-turn, and then come right back into the fucking cages. <laughs> Hey, that's what they're raised to do. Hey, what can you say, man? You know, these pigeons ain't going nowhere, man. This is home. <laughs> hey, today was a lot of fun, guys. If you enjoyed this, go to MiamiComedy.com slash podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. If you got any ideas on topical conversations, DM me. Check out our comedy shows Mondays at Red Bar, Tuesdays, Sweet Caroline. Uh, Wednesdays, we're going to be at Focal starting in May. Thursdays at uh, the Laugh Lounge Miami. Fridays at Fun Dimension, Saturdays we're working with a brand new venue, and Sundays we're over at Tipsy Flamingo. All the shows will be at MiamiComedy.com. I'll see you guys next time. Have a great night.